podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Sunday night service. I got to say, I hope you had an awesome time this morning at either the 9 a.m. or 11 a.m. service. Keep in mind, we've got the Wednesday night coming up at 7 p.m. You can go online right now, hcwc.org slash RSVP. Let us know you're coming so we can be ready. And we, I got to say, are so excited to see you. This is going to be an absolutely incredible season for the church, not only High Desert Word Center, but the church all over the world. If we will take advantage of this opportunity to reassemble ourselves like Hebrews 10 25 says so with all that I want to get into the word tonight because I've got a message on my heart that God wants to speak to you tonight right and the title is going to be the spirit is willing but the flesh is weak that's something that Jesus said let's go ahead and open in prayer Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for all the wonderful things you're doing right now at High Desert Word Center and in many, many other churches all over the world. I pray in Jesus' name that we will use this season to draw closer to you and to light our fire to get back in the word, get back in the church and do things your way. In Jesus' name, amen. So again, the title is The Spirit is Willing, But the Flesh is Weak. And this is something that Jesus said in Mark chapter Chapter 14, verses 37 and 38. Mark 14, verses 37 and 38. So what we have here is Jesus going for some time of prayer at the Garden of Gethsemane before he's to be betrayed by Judas and arrested and die on the cross. And, you know, following the example of Jesus, this is a great time for prayer, right? There's some stuff getting ready to go down and Jesus says, I have got to pray. So. He goes and he's praying, he's talking to God, he's spilling his heart out, and he's asked his disciples to go with him and pray, but they keep falling asleep. And, you know, it's late at night, but they keep falling asleep. Look what happens. Mark 14, verse 37. I'm in the New King James. It says, Then he came and found them sleeping and said to Peter, Simon, are you sleeping? Could you not watch one hour? Watch and pray. Lest you enter into temptation, here it is, the spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And that is a profound statement that every single Christian can relate to. I'm sure that Peter's spirit wanted to pray. I'm sure that Peter's spirit wanted to be faithful, but the flesh, the body was weak. And who won that battle between the flesh and the spirit? The flesh won. How many times have we been in that same situation where our spirit knows the right thing to do. Our spirit wants to do the right thing because we're born again. But our body keeps saying, no, I don't feel like it or I'm really tired right now or no, I'd rather do this. And there is a war between the spirit and the body pretty much at all times. And we've got to realize this right now as a Christian, your spirit is going to be willing But the flesh is going to be weak. So who's going to win that fight? Who's going to win that battle? And what do we do to overcome the flesh? So we're going to look at a few things here tonight. And I believe God's going to speak to us. And this is very key to us. This is pertinent to you right now as we are starting to exit the quarantine a little bit at a time. And church doors are opening up. Businesses are opening up, but especially 
church is opening back up, it's real easy to get into the habit and get into the routine of, well, you know, it was just so much easier when we could wear our sweats on Sunday morning and sleep in. And, and, you know, I just, I didn't, I didn't feel like it today, and and I'm telling you right now, I'm not even a prophet, <laughs> but I'm telling you right now that there is going to be a war between your flesh and your spirit as we start getting back into church, and your flesh is probably going to say some things like, I don't want to get up this early, wasn't it nice when we did this, and you are going to have to choose to let the spirit win. The spirit's willing, but your flesh in a lot of ways, has probably become weak, and you're going to have to crucify the flesh and overcome this. So, number one, first thing we're saying is this. Number one, you got to have self-control, because we're all responsible for controlling ourselves. And we're all going to answer to Jesus for the things that we do in this life. What if God has a special assignment for you right now and we don't fulfill it because, well, Lord, it was the great quarantine of 2020 and you probably remember this, Jesus. And and I, you know, I just didn't feel up to it. I kind of lost my motivation. So I didn't go and do what you were asking me to do when you stand before him. Is that going to be a good enough excuse for why we didn't crucify the flesh and have self-control? Second Corinthians five, verse 10 2 Corinthians 5, verse 10, and we looked at this verse several weeks ago as we were doing our end time study on Wednesday nights, and it's, it's, a, it's a truth that you've got to realize that this isn't a made-up thing. This is really going to happen. 2 Corinthians 5, 10, New Living Translation, for we must all stand before Christ to be judged. We will each receive whatever we deserve for the good or evil we have done in this earthly body. So it says we will all stand before Christ. It doesn't give an exception for those that went through the great quarantine, those that went through the, the, the great American shutdown, the worldwide shutdown of 2020. Everybody is going to stand before Christ to be judged. And when you got born again, you became a brand new person on the inside. Brand new born again. But the outside didn't change, right? I mean, if you had curly hair, you've still got curly hair. If you had brown eyes, you've still got brown eyes. If you were tall, you're still going to be tall. That part of you didn't change. So what you've got to realize is, is that Jesus renewed the inside of you, but you are responsible for renewing the outside. And I'm not talking about your physical appearance. What I'm talking about is disciplining and crucifying the flesh and making yourself act like a Christian now, making yourself act like a new person. And I, I, we say it this way, Jesus cleaned your spirit, but you're going to be responsible for cleaning your body. You've still got to shower yourself. Come on. And you've still got to renew your mind, which is your soul. So Jesus cleaned your spirit. You're going to have to clean your soul and your body. That's your responsibility. Well, how do I clean my body? Well, Ephesians tells us that we've got to renew our minds. We've got to wash our minds with the water of the word. So you need to be taking a word bath every single day you need to get this and you know i don't want to be weird but you got to scrub yourself down every single day so you are renewed and clean in the soul and then the body and then jesus took care of your spirit that's a pretty good word for somebody right there okay so some people will say well that all sounds good but i just have no self-control so my question is you have no self-control 
Are you a born again Christian? If you answer yes, then you're a liar because you do have self-control. Second Timothy one seven. Many of us know to the King James it says, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love and a sound mind. That sound mind is a great translation of that word, that phrase. But the New Living Translation also says he's given us a spirit of power, love and self-control or self-discipline. And so if you say, well, I don't have any self-control, I don't have any self-discipline. Jesus gave it to you. Where is it? Where'd you put it? Did you put it up in the closet? Is it out in the garage somewhere? No, you've got it, but you're going to have to actually do something about it. You do have self-control. You just got to tap into that. I know uh, just I'll, I'll rat on myself a little bit here. And, you know, uh, you, some of you have heard this story before. And the sad thing is, this, is, this isn't a one time story. This is I'm a repeat offender in this regard. So just pray for me. Don't judge me. Just just pray. So at Christmas time, my wife makes these Oreo truffles and they're in, they're out of this world. They're they're incredible, and she always makes a big batch every year to share with the family. And something seems to come over me, man, when she makes these Oreo Christmas truffles. That I gotta, I mean, it's like I can't stop. Once you once you pop, you can't stop. I I, I start eating these things, and and one year, I mean, I'm ashamed to admit this, but I I like ate all of them. I ate every single one of them, and, and there's some were for the family, some were for others, but man, I was up at night, and it's like they were calling my name. I couldn't sleep. I wanted them so bad. And in the end, you know, Katie's like, hey, what happened here? Where are they all at? And I'm like, well, I couldn't help myself. And the truth of the matter is, I could have helped myself. The spirit was willing. The flesh was weak. The flesh won out, and I ate every last one. And that was a bad thing, man. I shouldn't have done that. But I could not use the excuse, I don't have any control. I, I, I can't help myself. Yes, I can. Yes, I should have. And yes, you can. So, temptation. Is it a sin to be tempted? Well, no. It's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin, though, when we give in to the wrong temptations, right? And something that... I'll just quote this verse, uh, Hebrews 4.15. It tells us that Jesus was tempted in all the same ways that we are, yet without sin. So if if you're tempted to, to sleep in and not come to church, if you're tempted to neglect your prayer time, if you're tempted, listen, Jesus was tempted in all the ways we are, yet without sin. Why? Because he crucified the flesh. In more ways than one, obviously, he went to the ultimate crucifixion, but Jesus crucified the flesh and he made himself do the things that he didn't feel like doing because the spirit was willing and the spirit won. So, number one, you got to have some self-control. Number two, discipline yourself. Discipline yourself. The way to grow at anything is to start forcing yourself to do it, even when you don't feel like it. So, 1 Corinthians 9 we're going to look at a few verses here. First Corinthians nine. We're going to look at verses 24 through 27. First Corinthians nine verses 24 through 27. And Paul was uh, given an example here that probably a lot of us can relate to kind of an athletic example talking about disciplining yourself, crucifying the flesh. So first Corinthians nine verse 24, the new living translation, it says, don't you realize that in a race, everyone runs, but only one person gets the prize. So run to win. 
man, if I'm in the race, I'm not running so I can get fourth place. I'm not running to just, hey, there's 12 guys running. I'd like to finish at least in 10. No, man, if I'm in the race, I'm running to win. I want to, I want to be the best that I can be. Verse 25, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. So it's nice. I mean, in the Olympics, they're running for gold medals. That's great, but they're not taking those with them when they die. We're running for an eternal prize that we will take with us and will have when we die. Verse 26. So I run with purpose in every step. I'm not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete. Well, there's that dirty word, discipline. Paul said, I discipline my body like an athlete. Why would he do that? He's a preacher. Well, preachers need to discipline their bodies, too. And Christians need to discipline their bodies, too, whether they're an athlete or not. He says, I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. That'd be a terrible thing to happen. You've preached it. You've shared it with others. And then you yourself end up disqualified because you couldn't control the flesh. You couldn't control the body. So if you want to get stronger spiritually, it's going to take some discipline. No doubt about it, because your body probably doesn't want you to get spiritually stronger. Now, your body will reap, will reap great rewards and benefits from you getting spiritually stronger. You'll be more healthy in your physical body. You'll, there's all sorts of great things that will happen. But right up front, there's going to be a fight between the spirit and the body. And so, as I said a little bit ago, we're getting back into church now. You know, things are we're opening up slowly. It's not uh, the full speed ahead just yet. But we're starting to get back together. And I'm encouraging you, as long as you know, you're know you comfortable and in good health, uh, and listen, this is a great time for you to get back into God's house. You know, And even our services are shorter right now, one hour at a time. And, and this is just, you need to start disciplining yourself. Because I've seen a lot of people, not some people have handled the quarantine great, and uh, they're just as sharp as they were spiritually before it all started. And then some, man, they've they've probably not physically handled it well. They've they've lost discipline that way, and then some have lost spiritual discipline and have just kind of slowly faded off from reading the Bible, tuning into church, loving their neighbor, whatever the case is. And this is a great opportunity for us to regain control spiritually and get back into the shape that we need to be. I know when I wanted to get better at basketball in high school, man, I I practiced every day, seven days a week, several hours a day, man, because I wasn't content with where I was at. I wanted to get better. I would get to the city park every morning and I would just shoot jump shots for hours and hours. And, and, you know, even at the end of the day, I, you know, I was usually there before most other people, usually everybody else. And I would shoot and shoot and shoot and shoot, dribble, dribble, all, all this stuff because I wanted to get better. A lot of my friends were, you know, in bed playing Xbox or whatever, or PlayStation and, and watching movies and, and, you know, at first, it seemed like, you know, why am I doing all this? But when school came back, when basketball season came back, and man, I'd been playing ball all those hours, it really paid off compared to a lot of my buddies that hadn't been playing ball all those hours. So sometimes you don't know how 
awesome the discipline has been. You don't know how strong you are from the hours and the time that you made yourself do it when you didn't feel like do it until the true test comes. So, man, you may be waking up early. You may be getting yourself spiritually fit. You're like, well, this is great, but I don't really know what all this is for. The day will come when you will know. The devil will come knocking at that door. The enemy will show up and you will be fully ready for the fight. And you're going to dominate it because you weren't lazy. You got yourself up. And I know uh, for me, it's been years and years now, 10 years that I mean, I, I wake myself up at the crack of dawn or before the sun comes up every day because I know with I've got a house full of kids and I love them. But once they're up, it's pretty hard for me to concentrate on my time with Jesus. So I figured the only way around this is if I just get up before everybody. And so there's plenty of days I don't feel like it, but I force myself to get up. And yeah, it's become easier over the years, but I force myself to get up and spend that time with Jesus because I want to be ready when the fight comes. I want to be ready. And, and, and that's what Jesus is looking for is for us to crucify the flesh. And just like he said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is the one that's weak. The spirit within you has to win. The third thing I'm going to say is this. Build your spirit up. Exercise it. Start building your spirit up. If the spirit, there's three parts to you, spirit, soul, body. The spirit's the one out of the three that's willing and always wants to do the things of God. So I'm going to have to spend more time listening to my spirit than I am my soul and my body. Galatians 5, 16 through 17. Galatians 5, verses 16 and 17. And I'm going to read this in the New King James also. Galatians 5, 16 and 17. Paul says, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, I don't know how to not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Walk in the spirit. That's how you overcome the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the spirit or it fights against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. They're fighting. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. Man, I wish to do spiritual things. I wish and I want to follow God and do spiritual things. But the flesh is always fighting my spirit. So I have to learn how to walk in the spirit. And I can tell you those of, of you that struggle with self-control and self-discipline, the more you build up your spirit, the more you're in church, the more you're reading your Bible, the more you're praying, the more you're worshiping, it gets a whole lot easier to listen to the spirit than the flesh. And I know over the years I've had to build up my spirit and it's taken time and I've got a long way to go for where I want to be. But it has gotten easier in a lot of areas because I've taken the time. You know, if you're lifting weights, man, maybe there's, you know, a, a certain number, say 150 pounds or something that you start out. It's a real struggle for you. And, 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 but you push through it anyway. You keep making it happen. But then, you know, you've done that for a while. A year or two down the road, you look back and say, man, this is nothing. I, that's where I started, but this is so easy now. And you're moving on to bigger and better things. And so as we start to exercise our spirit, things do in a lot of ways get a little bit easier. And I like something that Smith Wigglesworth said. He said, I'm a thousand times bigger on the inside than on the outside. 
And so someone may look at you and say, well, that guy, I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he or she, they, they don't look like they've got that much to offer, man. If you could see what's on the inside, if you could see what's on the inside of you, if people could see that, they'd realize, man, this, this girl may only be five feet tall. This guy may only be this tall. But on the inside, you're a giant. You are ripped. You're a stud, man. You are just absolutely, uh, absolutely huge on the inside because every day while they were sleeping or, or they were just, you know, doing whatever, you've been getting up, reading the Bible, you've been going to church, you've been tithing, you've been doing all these things and you're growing, 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 growing on the inside. And when the devil shows up, Oh, you were ready way before he ever even got there. So how do you build yourself up spiritually? Lots of ways. I'm going to just give you two quick ways here uh, that build you up. All right. These are not the only ways, just two quick ones to exhort you with. The first one is most obviously the word of God. The word of God. First Peter 2, 2 says, as newborn babies desire the pure milk of the word that you may grow thereby. So. This is the pure milk of the word. And it says we're supposed to desire it like a newborn baby. And this makes you grow. Another way is simply praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. You spirit-filled, tongue-talking Christians out there. I'm I'm shouting out to you right now. Uh, Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20. says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, Praying in the Holy Spirit. What are you doing praying in the Holy Spirit? You are building yourselves up on your most holy faith. So right there. 1 Peter 2, 2. Newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. Jude verse 20 says that we're building ourselves up on our most holy faith when we're praying in the Holy Spirit. That's awesome news right there. So I'm encouraging you tonight as we close out that as we start getting a little bit of our lives back here it's time to wake up it's time to get out of bed it's time to put your pants on and come to church to start getting back into the groove of reading your bible like you're supposed to be to start getting back into the groove of worshiping like you're supposed to be and uh whenever the devil comes around the next time you are going to be ready we love you guys so much and again Get to one of these church services, even if you don't feel like it uh, in the flesh. Again, if you feel, you know, if you got some health things going on, then please, by all means, don't come. But if you're if, if you know, like, man, I, I got to get back into it. Let's do this. Or maybe you're someone that's joined us online over the past season locally and you don't have a church, man. Come on out. Join us. We're we're a little crazy, but we're happy. So come on out and we're going to have a good time getting back into this. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our Sunday night tithes and offerings. And I've got a verse here that I wanted to encourage you with. And that's Psalm 37 and verse 25. Psalm 37, verse 25. You'll see on your screen there the ways to give, hdwc.org slash giving. And that'll take you right to the links you need uh, to give. But Psalm 37, verse 25, it says, this is David writing, Once I was young, and now I'm old. Yet I have never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. I've never seen the godly abandoned or their children begging for bread. And so David said, man, the godly, that's people that obey God's word. That's people that tithe. That's people that give offerings. That's people that share what they have. 
He said, man, I, I was a young man. Now I'm an old man. I've seen a lot of things. But one thing I've never seen is the righteous, the godly, forsaken, or their children having to beg for bread. God's got their back. And I'm encouraging you that as you tithe, as you give, God's got your back. You are not going to be forsaken. You're going to absolutely grow in this season. Amen. Let's say our financial faith confession. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's close out with our Barstow Faith Confession. And I absolutely love it. Man, I, I forgot how beautiful this sound is to hear the whole congregation saying this together. And this is one great reason that I, I, I'm so excited to be back together inside the building speaking words of faith man i love it but let's say these words over barstow over the city that we love the community that we love amen we declare that barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed our churches are blessed barstow is healed barstow is prospering barstow is safe barstow is strong barstow is surrounded by the walls of god's salvation Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. We love you. We will see you Wednesday. HDWC.org slash RSVP. Let us know you're coming. We'll save you a seat. We can't wait to see you. Love you guys. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit HDWC.org. 